you were looking for career advice from a career coach and he had led teams that have placed over 6,000 pros in 21 industries, worked at the largest Fortune 500 recruitment firm in the world, was responsible for over $50 million of placements of executives, and was one of the top recruiters recognized nationally while serving in the United States Army, you'd probably say he's qualified. This is the Executive Career Upgrades Podcast career competition is fierce if you're a director a vp or an executive this podcast is for you this is the executive career upgrades podcast and this is your host tim madden all right hey everyone welcome to the executive career upgrades podcast with our special guest dr connor hey but we're going to introduce him in a second if you don't know me my name is tim madden and I help those targeting six figures or multiple six figures land new roles quickly. And more importantly, when they start the job, right, having a strategic blueprint and framework that you need with anything you do in life so that you can be successful in your career. Hey, we go live each week inside the Executive Career Network, which is the fastest growing network on Facebook. Check us out. 8,000 members now. Hey, if you're watching in the Executive Career Network, let me know below or my friends on LinkedIn or my friends over on YouTube after this episode. We stream it to everywhere on the internet. So you might be listening to iTunes through iTunes. Hey, do me a favor. If you get any value from this, share it with a friend. Leave me a review. I would really appreciate it. Maybe what we're going to be talking about today will help someone have a truly massive career transformation. And as always, if you need if you need help in your career, obtaining a new role quickly, go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. So let's get to it before... We get started. Dr. Connor, introduce yourself. Tell people what you do. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. So um, I was going to say you had one of the best intros I think I've ever seen on a podcast here. We got like lights. I feel like it was like a hockey game or something, right? Some sporting event. <laughs> Getting fired up here for all you people that are listening today. So um, Dr. Connor Robertson, chiropractor uh, by trade, grew up in Canada, moved to the U.S., practiced for two years, and then um, kind of realized the limitation of physical businesses, right? If you have a brick and mortar business that sits in one particular place and you can't move the building, well, you're limited by that location. So we decided to build a couple online businesses, come from the recruiting background originally with my parents, and uh, then built a couple tech companies, then a marketing company, then another tech company. And here we are today. We're all focused on connecting people around the world. Everything is B2B service-based companies. We help them grow through organic marketing. So that's what we do today. Excellent. Well, hey, Today's episode, episode 40, five ways you can use storytelling to accelerate your career. But before we really get into the different topics, how did you become a chiropractor and now you own, you know, lead generation, all these different types of companies? What really inspired you to do that? Because just like we were talking about, was it maybe due to being able to tell a really good story? How else are you going to get clients? So help me walk through that before we get into today's you know, yeah, I, mean, I, th I think you're right about the storytelling too, right? One of the biggest things that I <clears throat> had to learn while building these businesses was just how to tell the story, right? Because at the end of the day, everyone asked me the same question, like, where'd you go to school? How'd you do it? You know, why are you a doctor? Why do you not practice? Like all these things. And it all comes back to the same story, which is um, fundamentally uh, going against what people told me what to do, right? So in 2008, I was playing hockey, fractured my spine, saw an orthopedic surgeon uh, while I was in the hospital. And the very first thing he said is, whatever you do, make sure you don't go to a chiropractor. 
And so, you know me, <laughs> that's immediately like, all right, not only are we going to definitely do this, but we're also going to make a career out of it just for fun. So I was like, all right, quarter million dollars, go to school. That'll be fun. Take five years to do it. Um, and so I basically just did it because, well, one, I love chiropractic. It actually helped me a ton, but um, it was really because that guy just told me not to. And I was like, all right, let's, I'm willing to take five years to do what he said not to do. So I did that. Um, I love chiropractic. It's a great profession, but like I was saying before, man, like the storytelling component is really, really big. I wanted to be able to have bigger impact. I, I wanted to not just have to work in, you know, one zip code in Pittsburgh with a couple of people. I wanted to do something bigger. And I watched my parents build a recruiting company, um, you know, over 20 years and never meet their clients in person fully remote, working Canada, US, maybe a little Mexico. And I was like, man, there's so much more opportunity here if we don't do it the way that I was doing, which is brick and mortar. So that's why I decided to make that pivot and, and shift online. Absolutely. Hey, so really, you know, if you're listening right now, whether you're a business owner, you're trying to climb the corporate ladder, right? No matter what you're really doing, being able to tell stories effectively and we'll go over what that means in a second, but you can get buy-in from your team. You can get more clients. When you're in front of decision makers, you can sell them on your mission and values and why they should hire you. If you can master this, right, this will have predominantly the most significant impact on your career. And we're not just talking about getting a job. We're talking about keeping a job. We're talking about getting promoted at your job. We're talking about so many things. So we're going to talk about today, right? what some of those um, things are. So one of the things, you know, I think we've talked about it with Dr. Connor, you know, what do you think people's attention spans are? So let's say email, LinkedIn, let, 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 let's say ads, like how long do you think people have when they see something or if you're even talking to someone, how long do you really have before people, you start to lose people? Yeah, I think that I think the first buying cycle is 20 to 30 seconds, right? That first 20 to 30 seconds is like they're either they're, they have this level of awareness and they're moving towards aware, more awareness and more excitement or away in that first 20 seconds, right? Whether they see that first LinkedIn message like, hey, I'm looking for this. I, I'm, I've been working at this company for a long time and I'd love to apply and work for you guys. They see this as a big upgrade. Well, that first message that you send, that's going to be the thing that, that, that is the hook that's going to either project you forward or it's going to put you backwards. So the first message, the first LinkedIn, the first ad, the first email, the first 20, 30 seconds of the conversation is definitely where people are making decisions. Yeah. What I typically like to say too is shorter is always better. You know, like when you're responding, even like in an interview or introducing yourself, we've all had that guy where we've gone to a networking event and we say, Hey, Connor, what do you do? And 20 minutes later, we're like, is this guy going to let me talk? You, you, you know, or have you ever been on a networking call or something for like 30 minutes and you didn't get to say one thing and you're like, this guy just talked for 30 minutes. Like, so hey, the first thing we have for you today is shorter is always better, right? Clear, concise communication is so important, even more important today in 2022, because I read something, Connor, that... The average person, like take a look around. I know you're at your desk right now. I got a couple windows around me, but when I look at my desk right now, I have a can, a water, a phone, headphones, all of these different brands everywhere. Cars drive. It's, it's your mind is like a computer. And I read somewhere that you process like 50,000 different things like a day. So how are you going to capture that attention? Right? Knowing. Yeah. 
knowing what to say is so important. That's why when we talk about elevator pitches or introductions, we typically say, hey, keep it to 60 seconds when you're trying to lead or develop your team or get buy-in, you know, you already know you, you've got a limited amount of time to really inspire people. Um, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, usually the person who talks the least wins, right? So there, it's not just what you say and how you say it. It's not always just, Hey, keep it super short, but it's keep it short. But that also means listening to what that other person's doing. That is keeping it short, right? You don't have to talk for, like you said, you got the 30 minute call. You don't need to talk for 29 of the 30 minutes. You want to be talking less than half the time because that's the only point where you can start going into that sales process and that learning and development process. So yeah, I mean that keeping it short is a hundred percent a good idea. And number two, like knowing your audience. And I know me and you mainly talk about, Hey, if you want to get hired in corporate America, right? No pain points, right? If you own a business, why do people buy your products and service? They're trying to eliminate some type of problem that they have. Why do people hire people? Right. So Connor, can you talk about like how important knowing your audience is, regardless of if it's business sales, you're getting a job, like just how vital that is? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things in the hiring space is there's a lot of candidates that will sit down at the hiring table with, with, with hiring managers or executives. And, and those executives are expecting you today to know more than just who you are and what you do. They're expecting you to say, Hey, I can solve this problem. If you're looking to go from a hundred thousand dollar a year job to a $200,000 a year job, you're definitely going to have to provide more value and show that you know your audience. And in this case, your audience is who you're going to work for, but then also who that company works for. So if you're jumping into a role that's in technology, you got to know who those customers are so that you can impress the hiring manager and get that role. Most people are super qualified for roles, but guess what? They don't show it because they don't know how to communicate. I just talked about this yesterday. And the, the bad part about it is if you can't communicate effectively and you can't tell stories and you can't do this, you could have the analogy I always give is you got two football players. One guy brands himself as, hey, I've been at, well, this brings us to number three, which is your message and your value. You know, people only know what you tell them. So the analogy I give is, hey, you're the general manager for a football team. You want You, you need a quarterback. You got two candidates. One is brands himself as, Hey, I've been successful. I've been playing quarter quarterback for 20 years. I've been, uh, I can throw the ball far. I can run fast. You got that guy. And then you have another person that, that says, here's my pass completion percentage. Here's my 40 time. Here is my win ratio in the playoffs. Here's my, my statistics which isn't that how everyone is paid in sports? The higher your statistics, the more money you're going to get paid. Yep. So if you're like communicating to a potential customer interview and you're not showing your value, which is basically your statistics, how are you going to set yourself apart? Anything to add on to that? Well, here, here's the thing. I think, I think a lot of people, you know, I've been an employee at some point, you've been an employee at some point, and now we're not employees, right? At the end of the day, I guess we're employees of our own corporations, but, but we we're running those companies. And if you're listening to this and you're an employee today, remember that the person you're working for is expecting two things from you, ROI and ROT, right? Return on time and return on investment, which means whatever they're paying you, they're expecting to make more than what they are paying you. So if you're making 100, 150, $200,000 a year, you can bet that the company's going to make two, three, maybe even four times that money 
on your time. So what you need to do in the interview process, in my opinion, is not just demonstrate the ROI, the financial gain, but also the ROT, the return on time. Because at the end of the day, every big company started with one person and that person bought back their time by hiring employee number two. And so if you can demonstrate why your employee 900 or your employee 9,000 or whatever you are, if you can show that ROT, that return on time, you'll find that you will get jobs way more than the average person. Absolutely. The other thing is, I feel like um, specifically we can talk about probably this would be producing content, no matter who you are, even if you're an employee on LinkedIn or, you know, all of the different channels. I feel like when you talk about storytelling, you know, I put, you know, in my notes being vulnerable or making it personal, but I really think the word I was looking for is this is probably an overused word in today's society because everyone uses it, especially Gary Vee, of just like authenticity, right? Like when, when you know how to communicate effectively, but when you can show people that you like, like I actually care, that is going to resonate with, with people. So whether you're a leader in an organization does your team truly know that like deep down, like you care about them as a human being? If you're going after a new job, are you telling them like, Hey, I can do this for you. Let me help you. And I feel like people nowadays are like super standoffish about that. Like, Oh my God, I don't want to do that. And it's like, <laughs> what? anything you want to add about, you know, being authentic, how like important that is. Well, well, one of the things I think is really funny that 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 goes with authenticity is I don't know if you've seen these, but they, there's all these TikToks. And I don't know. There must have been some coach at some point who taught creators how to build these TikToks where they're like finance, Freddie Finance, and all these guys, and they're talking to each other about you know, oh, here's a financial tip, here's a mortgage tip, here's a hiring tip, and you see those, and and those are really not authentic at all. But people consume that content because they're like, this is this is they get sucked into it. But remember, like in a job environment or working for a company, if you actually show you care, um, everybody's replaceable. Just remember that. So a company can buy another person to do your job. The reason they're going to keep you is because you're you're aligned on vision values and, and have that um, authentic approach to business. So if you leave that on the table, um, you know, don't be surprised if you're not around very long uh, at a company. So, yeah, authenticity is a big deal today and content, do content for sure. I wonder why so many people are afraid while they're on interviews or just conversations to tell people like, Hey, I can help you. Or like, Hey, I care about your business. Like, Hey, if you want to get hired and you're on an interview, if someone brings up a turnover problem and you can literally ask questions around like, Hey, why do you think this is happening? What have you tried that hasn't worked? What, what this, Hey, here's how I've done to solve it. I don't know why so many people have a problem that really says like, Hey, like, let me help you. I don't know if that's just the society we live in today, but um, hey, if you want to set yourself apart, you know, being authentic, letting people know that you actually do care is like so vital in today's society. Hey, la last thing. Let me ask Connor. Connor, I know you're on, you, you know, YouTube, everything. Hey, so many people are afraid to get started. So, so many people don't know the storytelling thing. They don't yeah, even know yeah, the yeah. framework, which guys, if you haven't seen it, we have it on another episode of the Executive Corrupt Reads podcast. But I look at my first videos. Have you ever looked at your first videos or looked Terrible. at stuff you wrote <laughs> like seven years ago? And you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But maybe we can talk for a couple minutes on the importance of just getting started, regardless of like worrying about you know, what everyone else thinks mainly. 
Yeah, well, like, I, oh my I, God, what, what if I tell them that, yeah, Tim, I know that you say be authentic, but 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 I'm still scared of talking to them about, you know, that I can help their company or something. I, I think of the content play, the big issue that people have, whether you're an employee or content creator, you just like doing it in your pastime, like you think you have to say something that other people are going to like. And that's the problem, right? It's like you're building content around what you think people want instead of what you want to do. So when I look back at my content, it's like, and you, you kind of, you said it too, it's like, it's kind of like a cringe, right? You're like, oh, that was terrible. This is, this is, I'm way better today. That's what you want, right? I would expect that the content you made a year ago or two years ago is not as good as today. It's just like looking at, you know, the crappy haircut you had 20 years ago, right? And in, in your, in your high school picture or whatever, right? Like it always looks funny when you look back at it, but content is one of the only things with the internet today that will live beyond you. There will be content of you when you are gone for sure. I don't know where it's going to be, whether it's YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, another social platform, Twitter, TikTok, right? It, there will be content on the internet that will absolutely memorialize you as an individual on planet earth. So I would say if you want legacy, whether that just means you want a little bit of content online or you want to build a massive company one day, um, legacy is built through content. So make sure people know who you are. And here's the good news. Everyone wants to make sure that everybody likes them. But what they fail to mention is if you're the president of the United States, you only need 51% of America to like you. And if you're a job seeker, or a business, you don't even need 51%. You need less than 1% to like you in your town. I mean, if you live in a town of 300,000 people, 1%, that's 3,000 people for your business. I mean, yeah. you know, whether we're talking about business or sales or, you know, corporate America. So absolutely. So, hey, practice, practice, practice. Go back in our previous videos where we do, or our previous podcasts, you can go to Apple Podcasts and find Executive Career Upgrades Podcasts. We have lots of video or uh, prior ep episodes on the actual framework of storytelling. But hey, we just wanted to recap one more time what we talked about today is, hey, shorter is always better. Make sure you know your audience and who you're talking to, that you can you know, clearly, effectively communicate your message, your value, being authentic, and the importance of practicing and just getting it done. Reminds me of a Joe Rogan quote where people say, man, I wish I'd have started a long time ago. Well, yeah, stupid, but you didn't. <laughs> right. And here we are. Any, any closing comments? No, I just think, listen, if you're if you're in a position today where, you know, you have more potential, you know, you have skills, make sure that people know what you do. You're doing yourself a disservice and them a disservice by not going out there and creating the content and asking for the interview and questioning what you're doing. Put yourself out there. The reason you're sick and tired of being sick and tired is because you haven't actually changed over the last 5, 10, 15 years. So make the change, make the jump and just contribute to somebody else's business. If you can do that, you will be paid more, you will be valued more, and ultimately you'll have a better life. So get out there and, and crank that content. Yeah. Two more things real quick. <laughs> so, hey, there are, you know, well, no, we'll end with one thing. Hey, if you're not going to, if you're scared to do it for you, if you're scared to do that for the potential company, then hey, do it for your family. Okay. Yeah. This is this is so important. So, hey, Connor, thanks for coming on. If you know that you need help in your career because you've been stumbling, you know you're meant for something more. You're afraid to put yourself out there. You don't know what to do. Go on over to execupgrades.com backslash podcast. You can schedule a call with us and we can see where you've been struggling and develop a plan for you so you can reach your goals quickly. Until next week, have a great day.